the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The title of the message is Keeping Hope Alive. Everyone in the world, regardless of their religion or lack of it, has hopes big and small. We all have wishes and desires and yearnings of various kinds. But what makes our hope, a Christian hope, is that it isn't just a hope for something, but instead it's a hope in someone. It's more than just a wish. It's an attitude of trust and reliance on God through his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our hope as Christians isn't just that events will turn out a certain way. Our hope is a settled confidence in the one who determines those events. Our hope is in the wisdom and the power and the love of God, the one who holds the future in his hands and turns it in any direction he pleases. And that's the difference. Hope not just in an outcome, but in the one who controls all outcomes. Not just desiring a change in our circumstances, but placing our hope in the one who has the power to change those circumstances. Not just wishing for a blessing, but setting our hopes on the one from whom all blessings flow. A Christian hope is first and foremost a hope in God. Listen to the psalmist in Psalm 25, verses 3, 5, and 21. No one whose hope is in you will ever be put to shame. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior and my hope is in you all day long. May integrity and uprightness protect me because my hope is in you. Whether or not we obtain the things that we desire, we trust that God will always do for us what is right and what is good. And even when this life is over, our hope doesn't end because we know that God's promises will be all fulfilled. Promises of resurrection and forgiveness of sins and eternal life in Christ Jesus. That is our ultimate hope. You see, when our eyes close on this life, they will open in a place where there is no death, no suffering, no sorrow, and no separation either from one another 
or from God. Our bodies reborn and reconstituted will never grow old, sick, or weak. No one will ever harm us or deceive us or steal from us or betray us. We'll be in a place where we will never again have to worry about cancer and heart, con- heart disease and diabetes and, and brain tumors. You see, that is our hope, which is based on the promises of God. But there is a problem. In this world, our hope is constantly under attack. So it has to be nourished and strengthened all the time. Hope isn't automatic by any means. It just, it doesn't just happen. It is something we have to make an effort to maintain. Otherwise, over time, it will diminish to the point that it can't uh, support us. It will fail us when the trials of life come upon us. And so to keep that from happening, I would like to suggest some things that we can use to keep our hope alive and strong. The question then is this. How can we keep hope alive? How do we keep hope from slipping away? Let me begin with this question. What is the one thing that threatens to weaken our hope? You could suggest all kinds of things, discouragement, suffering, even plain old weariness, just mental and physical and spiritual exhaustion. But the most powerful enemy of hope is simply the passage of time. The waiting that constantly chips away at our hope day by day, month by month, year by year. As Proverbs 13 and verse 12, so I'll make a correction there, Proverbs 13 and verse 12 eloquently puts it, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And that is true, isn't it? You see, for example, a wife hoping for her husband to come to faith, putting up with his cutting remarks about how foolish her religion is, and enduring his comments about hypocrites and holier-than-thou church people, doing her best to be a good Christian example, even though she knows she falls short, wondering if God is ever going to answer her prayers for his salvation. And going through all of this day after day, month after month, year after year, with no sign of change, feeling her hopes slowly vanishing. Or a single person hoping for a a spouse or partner, dealing with loneliness, battling the fear that perhaps the right person will never come along. Watching the field of potential candidates getting smaller and smaller as the months and years pass. Or a married couple hoping for a child but unable to conceive. Months and perhaps years of doctors and tests and medications and charts and schedules and still no baby. Or a grieving single mother watching the self-destructive choices of her teenage son 
waiting for him to finally wake up to see what's happening and change his life, stop doing drugs and get serious about his education. But as time goes on and none of these things are happening, her hope for her son to have a happy and fulfilling life is fading away quickly. You could add dozens of other examples to those I've given. Waiting for a promotion at work that never seems to come. Waiting for a job month after month after sending out dozens of resumes, filling out dozens of applications and no response. Or waiting for a chronic illness to clear up. Or waiting for a father to tell you just once that he's proud of you. Waiting, waiting, waiting. How do we keep our hopes from eroding over time under the constant drip, drip, drip of doubts and disappointments? So the first point is that we need to understand that with God, a delay in response to our prayers is no indication that God will not answer. A delay in response to our prayers is no indication that God will not answer. So when God's response to our prayers is delayed, even for months or sometimes years, it doesn't mean that he won't eventually grant our request. The passage of time in in and of itself tells us nothing about how God is going to respond to our prayers. And that's a difficult concept for us to grasp because it is not the way uh, things happen to us in in this life. You see, if you ask another person to do something and nothing happens and nothing happens and nothing happens, then after a while, it probably means that nothing is going to happen. They are not going to do it. And the more time passes, the more unlikely it is that they are going to grant your requests. Why? Because people are forgetful. Because people get distracted. Because people change their minds and don't bother to tell you. They put it off and hope it will be forgotten by you. But God is not like that. He doesn't forget or get busy or lose track of what he was planning to do for you. For him, something that happened centuries ago is still fresh and as current as something happening at this very moment. Listen to Moses, the writer of Psalm 90 and uh, verse 4, where he says, For a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by or like a watch in the night. And 2 Peter chapter 3, 8 and 9 says, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to 
repentance. In other words, the passage of months and years seem agonizingly slow to us. Every hour that goes by chips away at our hope. We think, is God going to act? Why hasn't he answered my prayer? Does he even hear my prayer? But for God, days, weeks, months, and years, even centuries, are all the same. There is no fast or slow with God. There is only the right time and the wrong time. When the time is right, when it fits, things fit in according to his will, he will act, whether that's tomorrow or ten years from now. He is not being slow. He is not delaying. He is not dragging his feet. He is simply waiting for the right time, whether or not that corresponds to our idea of the right time. As Solomon says in Proverbs, uh, or rather in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, 1 through 4, there is a time for everything, a season for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve, and a time to dance. So with respect to the examples I gave, there's a time to be single and a time to be married, a time to be childless and a time to bear children, a time for children to rebel and a time for them to uh, start behaving themselves. A time for people to turn away from God and a time for them to return to him. A time to be employed and a time to be unemployed. The problem and the reason our hope is so fragile is that we think we know what these times are. We think we know when the time to be single has passed and when the time to be married has come. And if the time to be married has come and gone as we perceive it, and we are still not married, then we lose hope. Or we think we knew when the right time has come for someone to trust in Christ. And it is easy for us to uh, make the wrong uh, decisions about our children, or have them make the wrong decisions because it's what we want for them rather than what they want for themselves. But only God knows when a person will come to him and give their lives to Jesus Christ. Only God knows the right time for any person to be married or to have children or to repent. So if God doesn't answer our prayers right away, it doesn't mean his answer is no. It may just mean that the time is not right and it is not his will at that point. So keep praying, keep hoping, and keep expecting God to act. The second point is that we need to realize that sometimes 
God uses waiting. Fill in there is waiting. God uses waiting to test the genuineness of our hope. Is our hope really in God? Or are we just trying to use him to get what we want? Are we trusting in God to do what is right? Or are we trying to dictate to God what he must do for us? Time exposes whether our hope is false or true. Real hope waits. It perseveres. It doesn't give up. It remains faithful. It continues to believe and obey no matter how long it takes. As David says in Psalm 27 and verse 14, Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. In Psalm 40 and verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. In Isaiah chapter 14 and 31, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But false hope soon, soon folds up its tents and move on. But real hope waits for the Lord to act. So which kind of hope do you have? But the third point is that we need to remember that whatever the reason for the delay, delay is not due to any inability on God's part to answer. Delay is not due to any inability on God's part to answer. Throughout the scriptures, we see over and over again that there's nothing that God cannot do. Jeremiah 32 and verse 17, Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. And Job 42 and verse 2, I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. Matthew 19, verse 26. Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Some of you here today or someone listening to me uh, by radio may be struggling to hold on to your hope. Every week without an answer to your prayers makes it more tempting to give up and to give in. But don't give up. God is faithful. Trust in him. Keep hoping, keep praying. At the right time, he will answer. And remember his promise in Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 23. Those who hope in me will not be disappointed. You see, God knows the burdens that you bear. He knows the pressures that you feel. He knows the frustrations that you have. 
He knows the tears that you have shed, the troubles that you have encountered, the sorrows that you have had, the loneliness that you have feared, the difficulties that you have confronted, the battles that you have fought, and he knows the sacrifices that you have made, if you have made some. But God also knows the pain that you have felt. He knows the fears that you have battled. He knows the hardships that you have suffered. And he knows the opportunities that you have missed. Furthermore, God also knows about the mountains that you can't move. He knows about the problems that you can't solve. He knows about the questions that you can't answer. He knows about the load that you can't handle. And he knows about the door that you can't open. However difficult or dismal your circumstances may be today, God will not let you down. So trust him. So when you come to the end of your rope, trust him. When you reach your wit's end, trust him. When you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, trust him. When you don't feel the touch of his hand, trust him. When you, don't, when you feel your knees knocking together, trust him. And when you stagger beneath a heavy load, trust him. So though your problems pile high, keep trusting him. Your circumstances may get from bad to worse, but trust him. Although your questions go unanswered, trust him. Although your burdens become uh, too heavy for you, trust him. And although your life savings for some of you is gone, just keep on trusting God, for he will not fail you. If you're suffering in your body today, if you're having pain and discomfort, trust him to heal you. If you are depressed over your failures, trust him. If you're broken in spirit, trust him. If you're living under extreme pressure, trust him. If you're falling apart at the seams, trust him. He knows what to do, how to do it, when to do it, and where to do it in every situation. And so when you don't understand what's going on, trust him. When you can't see the way, trust him. When you find yourself in a predicament, trust him. When you're in the midst of sorrow, trust him. When you have to face life alone, trust him. When you don't know what to do, and when you must make important decisions, trust him. For many of you listening to me, life is not simple, nor easy. Every day has its obstacles. Every hour has its burden. Every moment has its pain. But but through it all, God can still be trusted. Therefore, though the road may be rough, though the climb may be steep, though the battle may be hot, though the case may be different, difficult, though the night may be dark, though the situation may be bad, and though the cross may be heavy, keep trusting God, for he knows and he cares. Remember, his grace is always sufficient. His hand is always sure. His word is always reliable. His methods are always just, and his way is always safe. So go ahead and trust him. He has never failed a test. He has never lost a battle. He has never misunderstood a situation. 
He has never broken a vow and he has never disappointed a soul and never will. So if for some reason God has not given you that miracle that you've been praying for yet, keep trusting. If for some reason God has not supplied your need yet, if he has not solved your problem yet, if he has not removed your burden yet, if he has not answered your prayer yet, keep on trusting him for he will not fail you. He will not disappoint you. He will not forsake you. Oh, I love the words of that hymn which says, I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord till I die. I'm going to stay on the battlefield. I'm going to stay on the battlefield. I'm going to stay on the battlefield until I die. Amen and amen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.